take my shirt? No. Okay. Wait. Hi. Welcome back to another episode of Did You Take My Sh- Did You Take Your Shirt? Did, did you, you take, take my your- shirt? Did you take your own shirt again? <laughs> this is your host, Katie. And I'm Amy. We're sisters. You didn't know. Says who? Mm, says our biological, not our our only parents, not just biological. Our biological mother. You have something to tell me. Oh, I'm adopted. You're a doctor? Yes, that too. Actually, I've been hiding out and pretending that I am barely making ends meet when I'm actually a doctor this whole time. <laughs> so how was your last week? I saw you went out and you had lunch today with your daughter, Alice. Yeah. So uh, last week was pretty easy for work and stuff like that. And then um, I tried to do things with her at least once a week. And I've been failing this summer because she was gone for a long time. But uh, we, I took her out to lunch for a lunch date today to do one-on-one stuff. So fun. Where yeah, did you guys we, go to? We went to a Mexican restaurant because I've been craving that lately. Yeah. Um, but also uh, they gave us free ice cream, free fried ice cream. They must have liked you guys. Yeah, they, they kept smiling and looking at us and I was like, and then like the lady brought over the ice cream before our meal even got there and I was like what's this for and she's like it's on the house and I was like oh so sweet (laughs) so she filled up on ice cream before she even got her food oh lucky duck what a good day I know and then we went to Walmart how about you um it's been good pretty stressful but I'm powering through watching a super cute dog this weekend he's a golden doodle i do um in case anyone doesn't know i do rover on the side and so i've been watching dogs and then i met with a potential client and nice doggy who was a little french bulldog <gasps> mm-hmm. and his name was elvis he was super cute elvis he was only i think four months old oh my goodness yeah, but the the owners, I was telling them how I would love to have a Frenchie and I want one super bad, but they're like super expensive. And yeah, they were like, yeah, we got pretty lucky with this guy. The owners were like, uh, we wanted a dog and then we got lucky because our friends got a pandemic puppy and they had to go back to work. So they realized they couldn't take care of the dog the way they wanted to. So Aww. they got yeah super unfortunate i'm sure it's happening happening with a lot of people right now but they got they got their french bulldog like half off from its original price which is like a pretty good deal oh yeah they give me like an easy four grand yep yeah so uh, i was like dang lucky dogs super cute dog did that yeah that's i'm watching my our friends frenchie this weekend too oh yeah bert yeah, but he's on the opposite end of life. He is like oh, 13. Yeah. This, I this despise Frenchie him. was like literally a baby. Oh, I don't despise Bert. I'm sorry, Kate, if you're listening. I don't despise him. <laughs> I love Bert. I've met Bert I love before. him. You have. We went yeah. to their house. They weren't even yeah. there. Just so you could see him. Just so I could see him. It made my day. <laughs> oh baby baby elvis baby. i that golden doodle though oh my gosh i Such a goofball we went to the park this morning we played with our friend um my friend and her new puppy and uh just so like her puppy could get more socialized and brought the golden doodle with me and they ran they tired themselves out within an hour and then i went over to uh ryan's house and we um Brian is my boyfriend for any new listeners to his house. And then we, we went and got lunch and brought uh, Higgins, which is the golden doodle with us. And everyone was like so in love with him. And then we <laughs> took all, all of the doggies to the park, Jake, Zoe, Brian's dog, and 
Higgins, the dog I'm watching to the park for like a good two hours, maybe. And they were all running around. They're all like Higgins and Jake right now are just like dead. Oh, that was smart. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering how you were going to record tonight with with Higgins because he's just he's not he just uh, he's not a bad dog. He just loves his squeaky toy. Yeah, we were we were playing Fortnite last night, and it was like squeaky, 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 squeaky <laughs> every five seconds. He actually got the squeaker out of that toy, so I think he's done with it. Oh uh, yeah, he's just needed to re- remove it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Good job, Higgins. Wow. So uh, I want to thank, we've gotten a ton of new followers this last week. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone that started listening, like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for listening and believing in us. And for real, thank you, everyone. I just was talking to a a friend of mine who's an old roommate and she said that she's been listening to us too. So shout out to uh, my friend, Megan, who has been listening. Thank you, Megan. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Good job. Us. Good job to us. It feels really good to have people that you care about that obviously like I haven't been able to see her in a while just because of the panorama. Yeah. And um, it feels good to know that like, you know, your friends are still there. Yeah, they're still listening and they're still listening. And And I was going to say, I know like for our mom that listens, like she said that it feels like she listened to us on her run and she's like, it just sounded like you guys were with us, with me on the run and you were just telling me stories. And so I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, Do you want me to tell you a story? Yes. Okay. So uh, this one, we actually were there. It was a Disney Park story. Uh. Our, we were on our yearly, uh, we would go on a bi-yearly trip to Disney World. Every two years we would go, or not to Disney World, sorry, Disneyland. And uh, we were there, it was 2003 in September, because we would always like go right after school started. Uh, so, because like you literally like would just walk on the rides. They're so, yeah. it was so dead. So uh, we were there. I remember like my memory might be different than everyone else's or we all might have a little bit of a different memory of it but I remember like we were on our way to that that ride I remember that as well okay and like all of a sudden like the whole land was uh closed like they closed it and we're like Uh, frontier land yes yeah frontier land we're like what's going on they're like this land is closed and we're like okay so what happened was Big Thunder Mountain. It is a like a roller. It's a roller coaster, and it's pretty close to the ground. And it's a like a, a train that's like had gotten loose. It was like a runaway train. Yeah, and uh, it's supposed to be like that. And the whole the thrill of it is like at any minute, it's supposed to like seem like it's derailing. And but that's actually what happened. It actually did derail and. Um, while it was in one of the tunnels and 10 people were injured um, two kids were severely injured but a 22 year old uh, Marcello Torres uh, actually died and um, they they declared that it was because the coaster like derailed and uh Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he get decapitated? Uh, yes, he did. This, uh, what am I saying? This article didn't say that, but I know I've read it multiple times in multiple different Yeah, I remember places. that as well, uh, like walking towards the ride. And I told people the story all the time, too. Me, like, too. <laughs> like, this one time I went to do this, someone died. Someone, someone died. Before, I saw it. Like, I saw his I head. Saw it. I saw it. I saw his head roll off the, no, I remember when I was no. younger, I would go that crazy, but as but an adult, we didn't happen. we have, okay. So, you know, you know, obviously like us ourselves haven't like talked, talked about this in a while, uh-huh. but when I talk, tell the story to people, didn't we get interviewed by someone regarding it? I don't remember getting interviewed. Okay. Maybe not then. I maybe I had this like some sort of like I was pretty young you were you were only eight 
Yeah, I kind of remember getting interviewed by some sort of like news people, but uh, isn't that weird how our brains do that? Like they come, they make up their own stories and you think it's real. Yes. And I was telling Ryan that and he was like, don't they not let news people into Disneyland? And like, I was like, they did this time. <laughs> yeah, maybe they did this time. I'm pretty sure. A hundred. I don't remember that. <laughs> I remember seeing a famous Christian band that same trip, too. That was a different trip. Oh, well, so you know that <laughs> no. So that trip that you're thinking of, that was two years later when we went to world and uh, yes there was like this big uh concert like series going on and it was um like a bunch of christian bands and we saw buzz cutlass cutlass on the bridge and i went up to them i was like oh my goodness that's third day and we went up to them and i was like are you guys third day and they're like we're cutlass and i was like can we get a picture? With you? <laughs> you got the band wrong. You can't even get like a non-famous, like kind of well-known Christian band. Nope, it was Cutlass, like one of the biggest ones of the time. And I was like, "Oh, wrong band." Okay, can we still get a picture? Y'all look and sound the same. It's hard to get get it straight. <laughs> They all look the same. I'm sorry. Especially in the earlier 2000s. All oh, those yeah. like Christian the like spike rock, hair leather jackets. Yeah, rock bands looked the same and they all sounded the they same. All sounded the same. <laughs> <laughs> it was so embarrassing. But yeah, we I still remember that like that moment very vividly. <laughs> we also saw uh, you were into Zoe. It was a band. It's called like Zoe or something, or it started with a Z. And we uh, saw them. I want to say it's like Zoe girl or I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. remember. But we saw them. That was a really big deal for you. Um, but it was a big deal to see. I think it was third day for us. I don't remember. But yeah, that was that was two years later. That other trip in 2003, that's when we went. That down. was Zoe girl. Sorry. Zoe girl. Okay. Yeah. 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 You really liked them. Uh, in 2003, that's when we went down to um, Mexico. Yes. And we saw on the zebra that wasn't a zebra. It was a painted donkey. It was a painted donkey. I was so. Was zebra. Yes. I was so excited. I was like, they have zebras in Mexico. And we uh, we like got a picture of it. I was like ecstatic because I was super into zebras then. And like, you know, zebra print and stuff. And I was so excited. And like a couple of years later, Zach, our brother was like, that was a painted donkey. I was like, that makes sense. But still, why did you guys lie to me? Okay. That's why, you know, they do that as like a touristy thing because it makes it more exciting. That's true. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure it's banned now because that's you're like painting a donkey <laughs> and having people sit on it. That's true. That's super messed up. That's <laughs> super messed up. But I was so excited. That poor donkey has identity, has an identity <laughs> crisis, thinking I, it's like a, a real life zebra. <laughs> and actually, a donkey is like, I don't even know who I am. <laughs> I'm having an identity crisis. Am I a zebra? I don't know. Who am uh, I? Who am I? <laughs> that was Alice today. <laughs> When she was going to the bathroom at the Mexican. Being a a person is super weird. She was just like, she was like, like looking at like the walls and stuff. And she was like making these faces. I was like, what's wrong? Like, are you having a hard time going to the bathroom? And she's like, no, but it's weird that I'm a human. (laughs) (laughs) Alice is already having like a midlife crisis. It was like deep thoughts on the on the throne. <laughs> Same girl. I feel that every day. <laughs> I know. Like, I remember thinking that when I was a kid, like, why am I a human? Like, why am I here? This is yeah, weird. it's weird. And I remember thinking that but it was so funny because she was just like, we had just eaten Mexican food and she's on the toilet. And she's like, huh, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, goodness. Good times. So that's the story of the gentleman that passed away. Our dad's favorite ride. Yeah. Good times. Good times. It's so scary to go on that ride every time. I know. I think about it. I literally think about it every time we go on that ride. I'm like, well, I hope I don't die this time. Me too. Every single time. I'm like, duck. Don't put your arms out. Put your arms out. Put your arms out. (laughs) Every time. Duck. (laughs) Hold on tight. (laughs) We're like, this is so much fun. Lean in. Uh, Lean in. We're going. We might die, but we're here. Quick anxiety ride. <laughs> anxiety ride. We should start calling it that. <laughs> What's your story this week? Um, so my story is actually an unsolved murder. Oh no. Yeah. Would you like me to go first or would you like to go first? I want you to go first. All right. So my story is on a Mr. Leroy Dreifs. Dreifs. Probably saying that wrong. I'm going to say Dreitz. Dreit? Like D-W-R-I-G-H-T? Dreitz. Dreitz. Just say his first name. So Mr. Leroy. There you um, go. Mr. Leroy's case is an example of why death should be investigated thoroughly. Um, uh, the first time around. The first time around. Um, 25 years after his apparent suicide, which is what his death was ruled as, um, his cause of death was later declared undetermined and, and it became a fight to find out who was responsible. So, um, not a whole lot on his background. Uh, I did some digging for like a weird unknown, like unsolved mystery and, state of Colorado um but so Mr. Leroy was just um 18 year 18 years old um on the day of his death um when on Memorial Day in 1968 he had went to spend the day at a party at his girlfriend's home with her family oh yeah um Leroy was the oldest of four children they lived in Mead Colorado um, he lived with his family, and he was already engaged to his girlfriend at 18 years old. Okay. His girlfriend, Patty, was only 17. Oh. Um, I know back then, you know, couples got married a lot younger. What uh, year was this? 1968. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a little bit, that was dying out a little bit, the whole, like, getting married yeah. very young. Um, Patty was 17, so she still was, like, pretty young. Um, I mean, Leroy was only a year older. But if but, they're planning on getting married after she turned 18, I, that's pretty normal. Yeah, it's pretty normal. Um, but um, little was known about what actually happened at that party um, on Memorial Day. But it was known that shortly after he left the party in the early afternoon, his car was spotted crashed into a tree just a block and a half away. Was he there- drinking? Yes. So Leroy was discovered by his father and brother who immediately sent for an ambulance. Oh, honeys. Yeah. So Leroy was declared dead at the nearby hospital um, and his cause of death was due to massive um, due to a massive hemorrhage. Oh. Um, a little bit of a backstory. Um, you know, I it goes into more of like the mystery of it but like a little bit of backstory it seemed like you know Leroy's family like didn't really like not Leroy's family um Patty's family didn't really like Leroy um I'm it was unsaid like I read a few articles and it said kind of like you know they gave him a hard time about being with Patty and being engaged to her and that they did you know that they should just like break things off but um that was like not really described why i get that okay so sorry i understand that it was the times and people like really the parents had a big say on who they marry and stuff back then yeah but why is they giving why why would they give him a hard time wouldn't they if you're gonna give someone a hard time wouldn't you give your child the hard time like your child's the one that's making that choice too it's not just leroy yeah, I mean, I can see that, and I agree with you, but also, like, if they, it was, like, their baby girl, 
I can see also like her being head over heels and them just like seeing it not being a right fit and you know um, yeah. trying to trying to confide in him to maybe understand that this like wasn't the right thing when they can't like convince her um I'm just like going whole soap opera like you know investigation in on it yeah. I have no idea this happened in a time that I wasn't alive this makes me and mad. I don't know these people so <laughs> I'm like I'm like solving solving the murder in my head. I'm like if, I know exactly it who just, did it. Like if I would think that like oh like you know when like uh, I don't know how to explain it, but like like if someone cheats and they're mad at the person that the your person cheated on with, like why are you mad? and especially if they didn't know, like why are you mad at them? Like shouldn't you be mad at the person? You know what I, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. The paramedics went on to tell the coroner that bystanders at the scene of the crash had told them that Leroy had just had a big fight with his girlfriend at the party. And um, during this fight, Leroy had threatened to kill himself. Um, I'm sure I'm going whole opinionated, um, you know, soap opera theme. I'm sure they were she was threatening to break up with him. And he was like, you know, I don't do that. I can't live without you. You know, I'll kill myself um, sort of scenario. Oh, that is just a a guess. But, you know, I can see the whole fight in my head. (laughs) I I, I don't know what it was about. But I'm sure she was like threatening to leave him. So he was oh, like, probably I will end my life. I can't live without you. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, um, that's manipulation. I don't like that. Yeah, it's a bit toxic. A bit um, toxic. A little bit toxic. <laughs> <laughs> what a piece of trash. <laughs> hey, we don't. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we don't know. You know, it's just a, an assumption. I'm Possibly. yeah, I'm jumping to conclusions here. <laughs> it's okay. You're on a soap opera box and I'm jumping to conclusions. I know. <laughs> um due to the statement of him, you know, humanly suicidal, yeah. um, the coroner didn't perform an autopsy and rule Lieber's death as an auto-suicide. Wow. So um Lieber's mother and father, they didn't believe their son would take his own life so callously and they went to the DA to ask that a proper autopsy um, be done and his right. case you know, demanded that his case was investigated. Um, they, later said, they later said that they were treated really and were told to just get over it. What? Yeah. Wow. Super strange. Um, like, you know, if that were being demanded from the, like, the the reporting family of the deceased you would assume that they would take it seriously but yeah. they were basically told to just get over it and that that's was- really sad yeah and and in this case you know i'm not like you know i'm very grateful that certain like jurisdictions are like put in place to like help solve crimes and like yeah uh, murders and everything but like in certain instances i feel like they don't go further because it's a cost they're trying to save money they're trying to save money um and they're being lazy um i'm not a detective so i can't say who's lazy and who's not but i believe some people aren't there for the best interests oh yeah of the community that's sad yeah so you know that was my my thought process i was like you know they probably just didn't want to do another autopsy or order another one, I guess. Was he already buried at that moment? Um, it didn't say, but I'm going to assume so. Right. Um, so, Leroy had, was the, you know, he was the oldest of four children. So, he had a big family. Yeah. Um, Leroy's sister, Vicky, was just 11 when he had died. And she went and witnessed firsthand how it affected her family. Um, was traumatized. Yeah. They also came to believe that Leroy hadn't died, you know, by his own hand. She refused to believe it. Right. In 1988, uh, Vicky was now 31. 
She went to visit the Boulder County Coroner's Office to inquire into the case. Vicky is his sister or the girlfriend? Vicky was the sister, correct. Okay, okay. So Vicky is like refusing to believe that he would take his own life. So Vicky is now 31. Uh, Levery passed away when she was 11. So this is about 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Math. (laughs) Math. (laughs) This was about 20 years later. Uh, Vicky went to visit the Boulder County Coroner's Office to inquire into the case. Right. Um, Little did she know, she was surprised to find the people she spoke to at the office were also suspicious of the case. Really? Yeah. So one of the most, uh, that one of the biggest reasons being the only other auto suicides on record in the state had been investigated for months and had full autopsies performed. Really? Leroy had not been giving a full autopsy and was a closed cut. Right. Very fast. Open and shut. Yeah. Um, They ultimately directed her to hire a private investigator and look further into it. You know, at this point, there's like, you know, there's not much we can do ourselves. Right. But we're also suspicious and you should, you know, look into. We definitely suggest you look into it more. That's kind of frustrating, though. They're like, yeah, you know, this this is definitely sus, but uh, we don't have the time. So you hire somebody. That would yeah. irritate me. Yeah. So, you know, Vicky didn't decide not to hire an investigator and actually began her own investigation into the case. Good for her. She was taking uh, matters into her own hands. She was like, you know, I do enough. I watch enough ne- true crime Netflix. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've watched enough NCIS to know. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I do enough like Dateline, um, you know. So <laughs> she questioned the neighbors of Leroy's girlfriend's girlfriend, Patty, and learned that a fight had been observed between Leroy and Patty's family members during the party. So, um, you know, Leroy is fighting with Patty's family members during this party. And this is like kind of what Vicky is finding out that, you know, they didn't like her or they didn't like him. Yeah. Um, they. The neighbors had claimed a lot of alcohol had been consumed at the party, and several of Patty's family wanted to make it clear to Lurie they didn't like him dating her. It's so sad. Yeah. So, you know, they did not like him at all. Didn't like the idea of them getting married. Um, so Vicky went on to question other non-family members who had been at the party who um, had made claims of a fight, but few believed it went any further than that. So, like it was just a fight, nothing else. Yeah, uh, some claimed that there was a fight. That was it. But some, some were also like there was no fight. It just was like an argument that was made. Okay. Um, Vicky managed to get a sit down meeting with Patty, uh, Leroy's really friend. Yeah. Um, Patty admitted to her that Leroy had never said he wanted to kill himself. She wouldn't, she wouldn't speak further about his death though. So. But she told the cops at the very beginning that that's what he said. Correct. And then later on, she told Vicky that. That wasn't. Yep. Leroy never said that. Why would you make that up? Um, Unless, yeah. Unless there was something special happening. Sounds like she killed him. That's good. That's it. I'm yeah. saying it. Um, so here comes the second autopsy. Vicky is like, I'm in, I'm gonna solve this case. Yeah. Um, 25 years after his death, about I would say about five years after Vicky started investigating it herself. Uh-huh. Um, Leroy was exhumed in 1993, and his parents request at his parents' request, and despite the original coroner's son protesting and stating his father's ruling was correct and wouldn't be changed, a new autopsy was performed. Good. Yep. But I, the, I uh, sorry, are you going to get into this? Because I, how did they do an autopsy on this bones? <laughs> yeah. So his body wasn't completely de- decapitated yet. Decapitated? Decapitated. Uh, dissolved um, dissolve uh decomposed 
decomposed. That's <laughs> his body did still have its head on everyone. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it decapitated bone. Uh, Words are hard, man. Words are hard. <laughs> um, so I'm going to assume that because, um, you know, the new autopsy identified a pair of unusual wounds on Leroy's neck. Uh, oh. His neck was still there, so not bones yet. Um, wow. Notably described um, as likely blade wounds. Um, <gasps> like a yeah. knife? Mm-hmm. A two-inch puncture and a separate four-inch slash that would have severed his windpipe. Oh my god! Found in his neck. <gasps> oh, yeah. So Leroy's cause of death was changed from auto suicide to undetermined. Okay, but hold on. How did they not see that during the first autopsy? Obviously, that person was paid off. They had to have been. They had to have been. There's no way they didn't see stab wounds in his neck and rule it as a suicide. Oh. I'm sorry, but Patty's family has some explaining to do. Yeah, um, they really did not like Leroy. Clearly. <laughs> um, so the new theory based on this discovery was that shortly before or as he was leaving the party, someone slashed and stabbed him in the throat. He fled to his car, likely heading to the hospital or his home. I would hope the hospital. <laughs> I don't know. Try and drive to get help. Hold on, I like, gotta, I'm bleeding. I gotta go pick up my iPod first. <laughs> my iPod. My cassette tape. I gotta I gotta pick up for postmates, so I gotta go get that real quick. Gotta, um, gotta feed the dog. Gotta feed the, the dog. Car. Gotta record my podcast. Record my podcast. <laughs> The loss of blood and shock from his wounds may have caused him to veer off the road and into it, yeah. like directly into a tree. Oh, honey. Yeah. Um, Vicky and her family are convinced someone, uh, Vicky, uh, Leroy's sister, and the rest of the family are convinced someone in Patty's family is responsible and they're refusing to come forward and admit to murdering Leroy. Obviously. Obviously, Patty wow. reportedly contacted Vicky once more to offer to clarify what happened, but then left the area and has not been in touch with her since. So Vicky, like, or Patty completely, like, got up and left. Uh, I would, too. Yeah. Patty is like, oh, bye. I'm sorry. I'm, that- Vicky's Hold on. trying to solve my murdering <laughs> I gotta go. my boyfriend. So I got to go, like, away. Bye. But I'm going to scream this from the top of the- your- my lungs. If you leave the scene of any crime that you made and you left town, you are guilty. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Very angry about that. <laughs> Go ahead. So Libre's father passed away in 2003 without, be- without a culprit being caught. Um, my question is, what do you believe it will take to bring this case to a satisfying end for this family i think that vicky should definitely get a da to accept this case yeah i mean she did like a heck of a good job she did well herself the i don't know if there's statute of limitations or anything like that it's been what 30 years you said yeah about uh I don't think that there is a I could be very wrong because we're in Colorado, but uh statute of limitations should not be an issue and she needs to get a DA involved in this because they need to bring justice for her brother. Yeah. I believe that I feel that as well. I mean, I feel super bad that like <laughs> I feel sorry. I'm looking at, I was looking at, I got a notification for our, our Facebook or did you take my podcast Facebook page? And did you take my page? podcast? Did you take, did you Words are really hard for you today. I had a, I went and got, um, I went and got 
dinner. I walked in one got dinner after I saw a potential client and was like, while I was waiting for my food, I got a margarita and I think it was like kind of strong. <laughs> I only got one <laughs> noted. <laughs> okay, I good. I good. <laughs> That's but um justice for Leroy and his family. Leroy, Leroy Royce. Um, you know, Patty's family come forth, you know, put you know, live your justice. You know, you're gonna continue to like live a terrible life unless you Yeah. Well, and I think that uh it's not hard to track someone down. I've done it personally myself because yeah, we should find Patty. <laughs> um patty what do you have got to say our investigation team wasn't moving fast enough i was like okay let me just do this for myself and i was like here's his address this is where he lives here you go and they're like that's me when my friends are like i there's this guy i'm talking to but i don't know like his name yeah and i'm just just like hold on i find him like in a second (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly like i'm sorry but you know People got to do their job and everything like that, but we move quicker. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. She should definitely track down that family and uh, get a DA to help her solve this case because they need justice. That's It's not fair that he's led as, uh, well, they changed it to undetermined, right? It's yes. not a suicide yeah. anymore. But still, that's like still. It's not. Yeah. Something happened and someone needs to be brought to justice. Yep. Do you remember this picture Alice made for me? I can't see it. Hold on. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The hair. (laughs) With the crazy boyfriend and Jake, Kat, and Alice and boyfriend. Crazy boyfriend. Did you show Ryan that? Um, He's seen it, but I haven't let him know that Alice made this before I had a boyfriend. And I was like, one day we will fulfill that spot of boyfriend, crazy boyfriend. <laughs> she was manifesting a boyfriend for you. I know. She is such, I love her so much. Such a blessing. <laughs> She's like, not a boyfriend, normal boyfriend. She needs a crazy boyfriend. <laughs> and His like, boyfriend like has a fan under him. And he's like, ah. <laughs> like Ryan is a furthest from crazy. <laughs> Uh, hey, um, I wanted, instead of doing a, what is it called, riddle this week, I wanted to tell you some fun facts about Colorado. Oh, okay. So in Nederland, Colorado, or Nederland, Colorado, there's a body that's been uh, cyrogenetically frozen for decades. Decades? Decades. And it's their namesake behind their <laughs> annual frozen dead guy days. So that's, Damn, dude. <laughs> um, in Aspen, it is illegal to throw a snowball at a person or a building, uh, which I don't know how they like, do they arrest two year olds because they threw a- <laughs> you're arrested? <laughs> you're <laughs> like, no, <laughs> not again. Um, on the largest, uh, one of the largest sets of dinosaur tracks in the world is that picket, uh, picket wire company um and its tracks are over a quarter of a mile long which is so cool like i would want to go see that like big old dinosaur tracks that's so cool that would be so fun i know we watched uh uh kingdom falls or the uh jurassic world the last one last night yeah um the teddy bear was invented at a hotel in Glenwood Springs. Um, a maid made it for Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, cute. So cute. A prison in Florence, Colorado called the Supermax is the highest security level prison in the U.S. And it has, it's the home of many international terrorists, domestic, and along with double agents. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, at one point, there was over 1,500 ghost towns from the mining area in Colorado, but today it's down to 600 towns, around 600. So. Definitely ghost towns. Yeah. So that's some. Do you remember going to a ghost town in Wyoming? 
No. Uh, it was like one of our camping trips we took and we went to a ghost town and I think it was Wyoming or Montana, but I just remember going and it was like, as an adult, I would want to go back because I'm thinking it is, I think it would be really cool, but I just remember mm-hmm. being bored. Yeah. But as, a, as an adult, it'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun as an adult, obviously. Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh, dang it. Ugh, I forgot something that was going to be really cool for the podcast. Totally what? forgot. Um, I was going to, I was, I was going to tell my murder. My uh, story that I have is about Adolf uh, Coors the third, and mm-hmm. I was gonna get a Coors Light uh, drink and pour one out for him. Mm-hmm. I know, I forgot to get the Coors Light from my friend's house though, so I didn't want to like buy a whole pack because I wasn't gonna drink you it. You usually just buy like one. Well, I didn't know that, and <laughs> kind of like you can buy like one White Claw or like one. Yeah, I wasn't thinking oh boy. that way. I was like, I don't drink beer, so I'm not going to buy a pack. I'll just, like, take one from my friend Leia's house. And I forgot to get it. And I was going to be like, pour one out for him. And I was going to pour it into a glass. Oh, it's okay. Anyways, do you want to hear about my story? It's not going to yes. be as fun anymore now, though. <laughs> it's going to be boring because there's no Coors Light. Yeah, way to go, Amy. <laughs> so, that being said, I'm talking about Adolf the Third, um, which he likes. He liked to be called Ad. So, I might. Yeah, I'm sure because like his name is associated with Adolf Hitler. So embarrassing, Farmerville. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> big cringe. Big cringe. Awkward. Mm-hmm. Awkward. <laughs> um, I'll call him that, or I like to call him Mr. Coors, because I think that's cool. Yeah. But uh, he was the firstborn grandson to Adolf the First, mm-hmm. who founded the Coors Brewing Company. Um, but he, unfortunately, uh, something terrible happened to him. So this is me <laughs> pouring one out for him. <laughs> Um, so it was February 9th, 1960 at 7.55 a.m. Uh, Mr. Coors was on his way to a board meeting wearing his favorite tan ball cap and a blue jacket. Uh, he was the chairman of a board and of the board and it's the CEO of the company. Uh, but he was also a husband and a father of four. So he got a lot on his plate. Yeah. Um, but uh, usually he would, it would only take him about a mile to get to highway 285 from his house to get to work, but the state was actually doing some road work. So the residents were like forced to make a detour for the last month, um, which added an extra four, uh, miles of a dirt road to his route. But after, uh, the dirt road, he had to like, it was a dirt road and then it turned into a paved road again and he Mm -hmm. had to turn. He had to turn onto Turkey Creek to get to the highway. Um, and Turkey Creek had a lot of like sharp turns and a, and a one-way wooden bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I'm sure everyone knows what a one-way bridge is. Like if someone's crossing it, you have to like wait before until they get off the bridge and then you can go. Yeah. Um, he, he took the sharp, a sharp turn and it came to the bridge, but there was a vehicle idling on the bridge. And a person standing in front of the car. So he's like, uh, like something's wrong with them. Like, let me go help them. So he, he got out of the car to help push, uh, help this person push the vehicle, which was a 1950 Mercury sedan out of the way. Um, but he walked up to the man and he was wearing a fedora, a knee length wool coat, and he was built similar to Mr. Poor's. And, um, when I looked at the photos, I was like, man, this guy is, like, sharp looking. Like, he's a slick guy. Um, but when uh, Mr. Coors approached the man, uh, the guy took out a gun and ordered uh, Adolf to go with him quietly. But <laughs> uh, he didn't go without a fight. He's like, mm, I don't like being quiet. So uh, he lunged at the guy and they started fighting and they struggled over the possession of the gun. Um, but they both lost their hats at, uh, and Adolf lost his glasses. 
during the struggle. And like he realized like this isn't working. Like I can't get the gun. I'm not going to win. So he took off running to his car. Yeah. And the guy shot two bullets into his back. Oh um, my God. Yeah. It escalated. Uh, but he collapsed to the ground and died before the man even finished loading him into the backseat of the Mercury. Um, which, ugh, like, that's really sad. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit of background about this murderer now. His name is Joseph Corbett. Um, and it sounds like he had a rough childhood. He watched his mother fall to her death on a balcony. Um, and it sounds like she, like, went to go lean on the railing, but the railing had recently been removed. Yeah. So, like, she went to go lean or something, and then, like, instead she fell to her death. Um, and he moved to Denver in 1955. He worked at a paint plant under the alias of Walter Osborne. Um, and he actually been planning this kidnapping of Mr. Cruz for a couple years now. Um, throughout mm-hmm. those years of him living in Denver... He ordered, mail ordered handcuffs, leg irons, and a gun. Um, and he actually got a ticket a few weeks before the kidnapping um, just by scoping out Mr. Core's route um, and his new car that he, or the Mercury that he just bought a couple of months or a month before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he's living under um, Walter Osborne in denver but you want to know why he has to have an alias yeah why because this wasn't his first rodeo joseph was uh an escape this was not his first rodeo (laughs) nope joseph was an escape felon from a minimum security jail in california after being sentenced to a five years behind bars for shooting and killing a hitchhiking a hitchhiker near hamilton air force base in san francisco and so he escaped the jail Um, But he said it was in self-defense. So he escaped the jail in self-defense. No, no. uh, Sorry. (laughs) I don't know. Like mentally, you guys are like really attacking me. So I'm really dampering on my mental health. I had to escape. I had to escape in (laughs) self-defense. No, uh, the... The what am I saying? The uh, murder of the hitchhiker was in self defense. So, yeah. So back to the tragic murder of Mr. Court. So within an hour, um, Joseph left the scene with Kurt's body, and a milkman pulled up to the one way bridge, and he was like, "What the heck? Like, there's a car in the way. It's honked a bunch." Um, and realized that the vehicle was vacant so he got out to check the scene and he's like what the heck the car is still idling the uh, radio was still playing and he saw a, a like a splot of blood on the bridge and mm-hmm. a hat and a hat of the fedora like under like on the ground under the bridge so he's like oh, okay something's weird going on so he got back to the milk truck honked again hoping someone would appear but he pulled the truck off the bridge and ended up just continuing continuing his milk route but he wasn't a piece of trash because the first house he did come to he asked for their phone um so he could call the police he wasn't just like hmm, this is sus nah, oh well uh <laughs> uh it didn't take long for the police to identify the vehicle and soon the other two horse brothers showed up along with dozen of volunteers to search for Adolf. Yeah. Um, some of them use Jeeps, trucks, and even horses during the search. I like how I said I was going to call him Ad or Mr. Gores, and I keep saying Adolf. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where is he? He's in the back of the Mercury. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, it's probably because my notes all say Adolf. Um, the next day, Joseph moved out of his apartment on Pearl Street in Denver. Um, his plan was to get away from Colorado as soon as possible, putting as many miles between him and the murderer as possible. Yeah. Um, but this is about right. I mean, I, that seems smart. Yeah. The smartest thing to do is not kill somebody because your kidnapping went wrong. But yeah, you would think. 
first off, don't don't plan on kidnapping people. Um, <laughs> secondly, you know, don't kill them if it goes wrong. Um, but this guy, he had mailed a list. <laughs> this is really funny. Um, he had mailed a letter addressed to Mary Coors, which is uh, Adolf's wife. Um, and she got it that day that he had like moved out. And it was a ransom note asking for $500,000, which in today's money is $4,611,500. Ah, $4,611,500. Five, $4,060,000. <laughs> <laughs> 4 million something dollars. It's over $4 million, which in today's money is like something million billion dollars wait okay. then it was a million dollars no so uh it was a ransom note asking for five hundred thousand dollars but in today's money because of inflammation is over four million dollars yeah <laughs> you think you think his wife was a little like suspicious that his like her like husband was like i need five i need five thousand no 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 uh Osborne, the kidnapper, the murderer, sent a ransom note to Mary Quartz, like saying, I have your husband. Oh, I'm dumb. It's okay. So at four million over four million dollars in exchange for Mr. Coors and said once she is ready to pay to put an ad in the paper for a John Deere tractor for sale. So like to let him know that, like, hey, I'm ready to pay. Yeah. Um here's an ad for a it was like a code or whatever it was like their secret note yeah 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 so um the Coors family called j edgar hoover which is uh he was a director of the fbi uh personally for his help mm-hmm. um and he sent a team of agents to colorado to help in the investigation uh they found a blood smear on the driver's seat of the car and a larger one on the bridge, which led them to believe there was an altercation on the bridge. Uh-huh. Um, then Coors climbed into his car. Um, but they found the location of the struggle on the bridge by footprints in Coors eyeglasses. Ooh. Um, so the Coors family identified his tan hat, which also led them to believe that the fedora belonged to the suspect. Um. And the FBI did countless interviews for possible witnesses in the area, which actually was super helpful. Uh, Many people recalled seeing a yellow Mercury sedan cruising the area the past month or so. And one man remembered the part of the license plate of AT62. Can you imagine, like, having that, like, photogenic memory? That would be so nice. That would be nice. They're like, like, I remember seeing that exact license plate. Oh, that's weird. I remember seeing, you're right, there was something suspicious. A yellow Mercury sedan. And you know what? I have part of the license plate. It's AT62. People are like, "Um, how? Yeah. (laughs) It's so wild. Like, you see something and you just, like, it. your brain just, like, puts it away in a little filing cabinet. Yeah. I wish I had that. Um. But there, there were four yellow mercuries in the area um, with that letter, letter combo. But between the ransom note, between the fedora, and uh, like other clues, they, they narrowed it down to Walter Osborne. Um, but the, by the time they got all of this information, the apartment that was in Walter's name was vacant. But they did find empty boxes of handcuffs, leg irons in the dumpster out back, though. So they're like, this is our guy. Um, They also lifted fingerprints from the apartment, uh, scanned the prints, which matched to an inmate. Hmm. Joseph Corbett. Hmm. Hmm. His name isn't Osborne. Walter Osborne. (laughs) Who's Walter Osborne? Who is he? I don't know. He's just a poor guy that this guy stole his identity. And Walter Osborne is actually just a 
simple guy. He likes to go to work and come home and leave his job at work. And he eats his, his hungry man TV dinner and watches Dateline at night before he goes to bed at 7.30. On Fridays, he treats himself with a Bud Light and, or with a Coors Light. <laughs> Can you imagine? He's like, I'd, I prefer Bud Light, actually. <laughs> actually, uh, Coors Light tastes like water. Um, so they both taste like water. <laughs> they, both taste, they both taste so bad. <laughs> um. So the Coors family placed an ad in the paper for John, the John Deere tractor for sale, hoping that the person would respond, but he didn't. And after three days, the yellow mercury was found on fire near the Atlantic City, New Jersey. Oh, my God. So uh, they're like, well, this it's it's not going in their favor. Yeah. So now we're in March of 1960, like a month later, and there are no signs of Adolf anywhere. And Joseph was now placed on the FBI's most wanted list. Um, And the whole nation was really actually looking for this guy. I mean, it was a high profile case. I mean, the CEO, of course, like the police back in Denver were searching for him, knowing for a while that the chance of finding him alive grew smaller and smaller by each passing day. Um, on September 11th, 1960, the clothing and bones belonging to Mr. Adolph Wurz was discovered in Douglas County at a private dumpster site on Jackson Creek Road. Sad. Um, yeah, really sad for the family. Uh, but the experts did confirm that he was shot in the back twice. But on October 25th, 1960, the FBI agents were on Justice Joseph's tail, not Walter's. Because his mm-hmm. real name is Joseph. Um, <laughs> it led them to Toronto, Cam- uh, Canada. And this piece of trash. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I wrote genius. This genius used the same alias, Walter Osborne. Uh, <laughs> which I don't know why he would. <laughs> you know what? They, they don't just suspect anything. I'll just use the same last alias. It's fine um so they dummy what a dumb dumb uh (laughs) so they easily found him in vancouver british columbia and he was arrested and extradited back to colorado um on march 16th 1961 their murder trial started and within three weeks he was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison nice yeah uh but uh june 18th Just the way it gets worse. June 1978, he was released on parole, but due to the public outcry, they were like, just, just, just. They're like, what the hell? <laughs> They're like, oh, just kidding. Like, we didn't, we, you, didn't we didn't, we didn't mean to. Can you not? <laughs> can you not release this guy? And the, and the, the parole committee was like, <laughs> we were just kidding so he got uh, JK, JK, JK. JK. so they put him back in jail because it was revoked his release was um but then later the, do you know late, what the reasons for his early parole was no but i'm guessing good behavior <laughs> which Some bs i don't i don't understand why they would do that because he escaped a jail in california yeah they're like oh he's such a good guy now like he no he's totally not he is his life around <laughs> he's like was- if you guys didn't release he's like threatening he's like if you don't release me i'm gonna escape again and they're oh, like that's oh, a lot man, of money fine <laughs> um so a year later he was released uh for sure uh with no like i'm sure there was people who were really upset they're like oh too bad yeah um but he took off to California. <laughs> I'm sorry. When I was writing this, I was like, I can't. This guy is so dumb. So he took, <laughs> he took off to California, but forgot to close out a bank account in Denver. So the next day he flew back to Colorado, but I was arrested. Uh, they arrested him two days later uh, in California for breaking parole by returning back to Colorado. They're like, you're not allowed back. Dude. You're like, go to like you your parole you have permission to go to california great and he's like oh i forgot to close out an account let me just go they won't notice they won't notice. <laughs> they're like you're dumb 
So he went back to jail. Uh, and in December 1980, he was paroled again and rented an apartment at 2801 South Federal Boulevard in Denver. And Can't uh, stop, won't stop. That's his motto. <laughs> and we won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on December 1985, Corbett was officially released from parole. Um, so he seemed to live a pretty private life after that. Uh, dozens of reporters have tried to get him to talk, but he would refuse. Um, one time yeah. a, a reporter did end up, like he allowed one a reporter to talk to him. Uh, Paul Hutchinson and Marilyn Robinson. Um, but during the interview, he expressed how fascinated he was about the 1932 kidnapping of Charles Lindbergh's baby. Um, and he also complained about the hostile comments he got. He gets from strangers. Poor him. Hmm. He also denied ever being involved in the Coors murder. Um, and on August 24th, 2009, he was found dead in his apartment due to, to a gunshot wound to his head. Ooh. Um, yeah, he took his own life because he was suffering from cancer. So that is the summer ending. Is it though? I, yeah, I don't like it when they kill themselves. Yeah. But that is the story of Adolf Wurz the third. And dude. Yeah, let's pour one out for him. Chugga, chugga, chugga. Is that how water sounds or liquid when it's falling? I don't know. <laughs> it's me drinking it. That's some ASMR for you. Yeah. Everyone, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not drinking curls curs in real life. Nasty. Gross. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot, actually. I, I don't prefer not to. Thank you. Thank you. I prefer other stuff. Not that. Beer makes my tummy. Do you cold. think Chorus would have been better if Adolf was still alive? Yeah, he is probably on the verge of like changing it. Yeah. Like completely, like the formula and everything. Making and it he the died. Be- greatest beer in the world. Yeah. And he yeah. was. And his brothers were like, he wouldn't share his notes with us. Yeah, his notes were private. Yeah, they were private. And he actually probably kept them uh, on his the palm of his hand. Yeah. Yep. And now. On his forum. Yeah. Now everyone's stuck with the quarters like that it is thanks to Mr. Osborne. Yeah. Thank you, Oswald. Not even Oswald. Oswald. Not even Oswald. Yeah, you're not even Sony. Oswald. You're actually, you're actually Corbett. Like Corbett. That was his last name. Corbett, yeah. Joseph Corbett. Thanks, Joseph Corbett. You piece of trash. Well, I'm sure that Cora's family line is still multi-billionaire. So. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. They don't care what it tastes like. Hey, uh, the Cora's family. If you're listening to this, I actually really like your beer and um. Can you please pay off my debt? Just my debt. That's all I'm asking. Like, I don't want extra money. Just down to the penny of all my debt. That's all. What if they want to sponsor us, but we have to drink Aquarius every episode? I would do it. I don't know. I like fake drink it, like behind. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh, I definitely, I would wear a hat. I would wear the shirt. I wear everything. Curse light. If you want to sponsor us, definitely 100%. I will. I have a friend that will drink it for you. Me. I have a friend. <laughs> for free. They'll drink it for free. Yeah, they'll drink it for free. Uh, I'm pretty sure they would love to get paid to drink it also. <laughs> uh, just kidding. I would rather get sponsored by like White Claw or Truly. Yeah. Or by a shirt company. A shirt company. Did you take my shirt? That is the name of our podcast, Katie. D- yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go, but thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe to us and uh, leave reviews if you can. Uh, our oh, website. Oh, do. <laughs> Katie, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> you're like actually you know what don't leave anything at all 
<laughs> our website is didyoutakemyshirt.com. You can check out our Patreon through that website. We also put uh, put the last two episodes of every the last two latest episodes on the website, but we would prefer you to listen on Stitcher podcast. Uh, what am I saying? Stitcher, iTunes, or Spotify, and you can sc- subscribe on those. You can check out our Patreon on there, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash did you take my shirt? Uh, Instagram is DYTMS podcast. Twitter is DYTMS. We are not very active on Twitter. Uh, stop. <laughs> if you are a Patreon, you can see the faces that Caitlin's making right now because uh, <laughs> we put unedited. And uh, please come back and listen to us next week. Yes. Stay safe. Be good. Don't don't kill people. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, it's All not. Right. Yeah. yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. How do you how do you hang up?